Chloe, how are you doing today, friend? I'm doing wonderful. It's abominably hot in the state of Tennessee right now, but I stay inside, so I'm going to be fine. What are we talking abominably hot in the state of Tennessee? What are you guys rocking up there in the TN right now? Uh, I think yesterday at this time is 103 degrees with like 80% humidity. So I'm weltering. Whoa. And you are also in a bakery. So you got Mm -hmm. ovens going and uh, all sorts of uh, heating elements making things happen. So I can imagine it's a little toasty (laughs) rocking around right now. (laughs) So good. (laughs) All right. So uh, welcome to Maybe You're Liking Me. I'm happy you're here. Uh, Sorry about the heat. There's very little I can do about that right now. Um, But. (laughs) Outside of that, I'm just I'm just happy you're here. So uh, thank you for being Me here. Me too. All right. So uh, on the podcast, there's probably people listening right now that they may not have bumped into you or your story yet, or they may not have any idea who you are or what you're doing. So for people out there that maybe this is their first time getting to meet you, who is Chloe Sexton? Give us the old uh, the old uh, history. Give us the, the oh rundown. yeah. Oh, I'll give you the rapid fire one. Yeah. Bring the heat. Uh, Yeah. Rapid version is, um, I used to be a news producer and then I was a marketing specialist and then I was in nonprofit and I got fired when I told them I was pregnant and I had kind of already started TikTok at that point. And you know, the logical right thing to do when you find yourself in the midst of a lawsuit and the EEOC is to never talk about that ever. So I grew a massive TikTok following and never stopped talking about it. And, um, in that amount of time also leaned into what I had always actually been passionate about on the side, which was actually baking. I just thought it was like a hobby thing and I needed to take my life seriously and forget about that. Do it on your free time only. And yeah, I grew it into a career that is now an international shipping and uh, physical bakery operation with a cookbook coming out. That's incredible. Yeah. So I uh, stumbled, actually, I, I stumbled on you on TikTok. Thank goodness for TikTok. It's fantastic. Right. But yeah. I found you on TikTok and uh, I was like, this is so cool. And like the first TikTok I saw was basically you telling uh, your story. And I, uh, I told my wife the other night, she was like, where did you find this lady? And um, I was like, well, I saw her on TikTok and I've got this new thing that if I see somebody who's inspiring, that's doing cool things, I'm just going to reach out to him because uh, I like being inspired. There's people out there that, and your story is a beautiful story. So uh, I just, I wanted to meet you personally, and this is just a fun avenue for me to do that. So uh, awesome. you, got, you got suckered into it. <laughs> Look at that. Look at us go. Joke, oh. there's no show. Let's yeah, no. hang out. No one's going to hear this talk. <laughs> I just wanted to be your best friend. Love it. All right. So the podcast is maybe you're like me. And so the whole goal of the show is to get past the filtered version of people. So we see people's highlight reels online and I see your highlight reel online. And uh, if you've done any uh, deep dives into my life, you've seen my highlight reel online. Um, it's just pictures of my kids cause they're way cuter than I am. So, um, but yeah, so, uh, if we're going to get past all the filters and all of the, the highlight reel, we got to start with it. So if there's somebody out there who's just following you, let's say on TikTok or Instagram or anything like that, what is your highlight reel? Like give us like the, I'm amazing. Uh, you guys should be afraid to talk to me stuff. Oh God. Uh, my highlight reel is probably, um, super successful, overcame wild obstacles. Um, I mean, she has a husband, but we never talk about him because she's the one who did it all herself and which is an unfair take, but again, this is the highlight reel. Um, also, you know, grief played a huge portion in that vulnerability in um, anticipatory grief and cancer 
and becoming my little sister's guardian. So I think the highlight reel also likes to paint me as a hero who always makes the right choices, no matter what. And um, yeah, it's just always, always getting more and more successful. <laughs> now, uh, let's just be honest. Is all of that true? No. <laughs> no, not at all. Okay. Like a lot of it is partially true. I think that's life, but no. Nah. Yeah. So the highlight reel is always fun, but uh, even just watching the things that you've posted online, uh, you gain some notoriety for even uh, things like uh, you threw your uh, your little sister a birthday party mm -hmm. and things didn't turn out the way you wanted it to. Uh, but you show a side of realism and a sign of vulnerability. That's a word. If you mash it all together, that's the word I just said. Vulnerability. Bingo. Yes. Yeah. Do you, but you show yes. who you really are too, or at least I like to think so. And so I like people like following people like you online that are, you're doing really cool things, but you're also a real person. So mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, mix those two things together and that's great. So yeah. you gave us a super high level uh, version of it, but uh, give us the bluff cake story because I like, again, just from seeing you on TikTok, I'm yeah. just like so enamored with your story and, and how you've just done all these things to make uh, this really cool. <laughs> and I like, I like you, but also I'm very mad at you because I'm not near Tennessee and I haven't ordered yeah. any of your cookies online yet. And oh, we I, can take care of that. <laughs> I need, I need them in my life. So like I genuinely was uh, scrolling through your Instagram earlier just salivating. So but yeah, <laughs> give us, give us the bluff cake story. Okay. So the bluff cake story did not start out with what it ended up as. Mm. I think for a lot of people, like if you were going to start your mission to like open this international cookie shipping business, um, you'd probably choose a name that did not confuse so many people. Nobody gets it. So for me, my ideas were only locally. When I was working in news, I was working that nightcrawler shift midnight to 8am. Mm. And my husband was also been in the restaurant industry. He was a general manager for a really historic hotel here in Memphis, the Peabody, where they marched the ducks and that was him. Um, so his hours were almost completely opposite. So to have any semblance of a life where we passed each other, I would sleep from 8 p.m. until I went into work. And then I would get back and I would sleep for another four-hour shift. And then we could spend whatever amount of time we had together. It was insanity. The things you can do when you're like 23 years old is crazy. Uh, not anymore. But so in my free time, you know, if you're 23 years old, your friends are doing nighttime things. They're, they're going out, they're going clubbing and I'm covering the news of what happens when they do that and make mistakes. So <laughs> I can't really join in on the fun. And so I was left to kind of either spend a lot of time at the library because I'm a big reader. Um, and I did spend a lot of time at the library or bake. And I've been baking since I was a kid, but I kind of fell off of it. You know, you can't bake in a dorm room can't bake when you're trying to work in news. So I took it back up again. And, you know, I worked in a, an atmosphere, especially in news, if you're a producer, where it's you and just men, all the time mm. men. And if there's at least one thing they're going to do, it's eat. So <laughs> it wouldn't go to waste. If I wanted to experience something and, you know, try to make it my own, I could bring it and it didn't matter if it was good or bad. They would eat it. It was great. <laughs> so, um, as I was doing that and kind of sharing it with my husband, um, because he didn't find out until like well into our relationship that I even could bake at the level I could bake. And he was like, that's bizarre. You're not very um, homemakery. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I think if you're somebody who knows me in real life, despite what it looks like on social media, I don't actually have a very welcoming personality. I can be a little <laughs> bit scary. It's true. Um, so I was baking more in my free time and um, I decided to start sharing it on social media for fun because, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't just show my mom pictures of my bag and look at the cookie. And she's like, that's great. Again, 
my God, it's like the sixth time this week. I wanted somewhere for it to go. And Memphis is the bluff city. So I just Mm. wanted something that could be associated with hashtags and people could find me and see my stuff. And so I called it bluff cakes because I thought it sounded like cupcakes. And Mm. I've had a lot of years to revisit that. So (laughs) I don't really need anybody else to tell me their opinion. (laughs) I've had a lot of time to revisit that. Um, But by the time I was in it, man, it was the name we're we're attached to. So as time progressed, uh, it was consuming all of my free time all the time. It was, it became this escape from what I was quickly realizing was not my ambition in life. My, I thought my ambition in life was to be the next Anderson Cooper. You know, I was going to move my way out of production, get on the screen. I was going to do front lines reporting. And not only did the war end, (laughs) which awesome, but, um, news wasn't what it used to be by the time I got there. You know, it wasn't what it was when I was six years old. Um, I saw journalism as this way to to tell sides of stories and search out truth and show people, you know, that what you see isn't exactly what is actually going on. And um, by the time I got to news, I could work really, really hard on an investigative piece to try to pitch to people. But if somebody got shot, the word in news is if it bleeds, it leads. Mm. So it's all about grabbing bits and about winning sweep seasons so that your advertisers stay with you and you stay number one. And it, it wasn't feeding anything in me anymore. And it was mentally really, really bad for me for a long time. And baking really helped me through that. Um, mostly because of the violence, you know, we, Memphis is not known for being an extremely peaceful city. So you're asking a like, between the ages of 20 to 23, me to spend all of my night hours physically watching footage that I have to blur out things you're not allowed to see on TV, but I have to see them. It's extremely mentally damaging. So um, I got more and more into it. And I think it was really my husband who started going like, you should take this seriously. And what are you charging people? Because he'd been in the industry for so long. He's like, what's your profit margin? And I'm like, my profit It's fun. It's Fun is what it is. That's a $20 cake. And he'd go, the what? You can't do that. God, what's your ingredient cost? What's your overhead? And I'm like, I like sprinkles. <laughs> We're not the same. Um, so he really made me think a little bit harder about the people that I was eventually working for. Strangers reaching out to me on Instagram and mm-hmm. um, think a little bit harder about like, what if this was something you could profit from? Would you ever pursue that? And I told him, you know, I'd give it a try. So for uh, my wedding present before we left and eloped in Jamaica, um, he presented me with this box and it had um, passwords and everything to a website that he had built for me. That is our website right now. It's had a very many different versions at this point, but it is the original website um, for people to order custom cakes for me and cupcakes and all the things I could do and show off my work. And he had business cards and a logo made for me. Mm-hmm. And um, he was really the first one. Yeah, it was amazing. Time out. That's good husbanding. So uh, like, yeah, any listeners really out there, uh, <laughs> find her husband and be like, hey, like, give us some ideas or calm it down a little <laughs> bit. You're making the rest of us look bad. So uh, he was just husband. like, like, I'm not pushing you into anything, but I think you should take yourself a lot more seriously than you are right now. And if what you're doing isn't making you happy, then work towards this. Keep a job for a job, but be passionate about this and work for this as well. So I really wouldn't have done it if he had done that. Oh, um, that's incredible. It was. And it, it progressed from there as far as like being notable. Um, the more that I spent time on social media and then left news to just get a career in marketing for now, let me just be here for now, but this is not what I'm passionate about. 
I used every inch of my time while working with a marketing team to absorb everything that they were doing for big clients. I mean, they were representing David's Bridal. They were representing uh, some of the largest companies across the nation, just like as a boutique Memphis brand, it was amazing. And so I had a really great look at what does and doesn't matter and how powerful is influence really? Because mm. it, it isn't as powerful as people think, and it's also way more. It just depends mm-hmm. on who you're talking about. And I found a way to really look hard at that and use it to my advantage. And then I found a way to get into what was the influencer community in Memphis, not as an influencer, but more so to go, I'm also going to be going to this event that all of you are going to take pictures at, at this particular X and X boutique. I thought I could bring a ton of specialty decorated baked goods just for you guys to have, you know, for funsies. And then I'd slip a card in there so they knew who made a giant tower of realistic glittering Christmas tree cupcakes. And they all of them took pictures of it because if it was worth taking pictures of, they would share it. And I wasn't paying an influencer anything. I was just dazzling them. Mm -hmm. So I kept like creeping my way in there like that. Um, But... Can I talk you out for one second? Yeah. Uh, everyone, if you're just listening to this, you are getting like only 20% of this story. The uh, Your body language is really selling it for me that you're creeping right then. I was, uh, yeah, between yeah. facial expressions and body language, you're missing out if you're not watching this on YouTube. Back to you. <laughs> I get I get that a lot. I've been called the woman version of Ryan Reynolds a lot in my time on TikTok. I love that for me. Um, I love that for me. No. Um, so, you know, that, that went on for a time that was where I was and I felt like I plateaued, but really that might've been the span of a year. Um, the pandemic happened and that's where my moment really came to fruition. And I, I used it to my advantage both because, um, I had to, nobody, do you remember not being able to find bread? Nobody, Oh yeah. nobody Mm -hmm. had bread. Chloe had bread. (laughs) I'll tell you what, Chloe had bread. Chloe also had a thing that I made kind of popular in Memphis where I made these cupcakes, they're tiny little fondant toilet paper rolls. And I said, (laughs) if you're going to deliver this to, you know, if you're going to buy this for yourself, whatever, you can come to my house and get it. But if you're going to give this to a friend as to just kind of like send a far away, safe distance joke, um, I'll deliver it for free because I just want to see that. And I want to see, you know, from the street when they open their door more than six feet away that you're, you're laughing about it. Cause it's funny. Um, and I did, and I must've done that a hundred times. It was crazy. And while it sounds like maybe at that point I was racking up capital that was paying my bills because my husband had lost his job. And that's mm-hmm. what happened to everybody in the restaurant industry. Nobody could go to restaurants. Everyone lost their jobs. And it was yeah. so scary, so scary. Um, and then he got another one. And things got a little bit better. And, you know, it just kept going in that way that life does. But bluff cakes didn't become giant cookies until TikTok. You know, I took everything that I was practicing with Instagram and took it to TikTok. And I really kept it very personal. Um, I just told them stories about myself and I showed them some of my baking projects, which did not take off as much as me just talking. Mm -hmm. Um, for whatever reason, I was like, I thought my cake thing was just as entertaining as the most embarrassing moment in my life. I learned something from TikTok at that point. I was like, I get it. I get what we're doing here. This isn't Instagram. You don't want to see still pictures of perfect things. You want to see and connect with real life applications of how messy everyone else's life is because we're all spiraling right now post pandemic. Wonderful pivot. <laughs> so I leaned into that. Um, 
I also started using TikTok early on as a way to crowdfund for issues that mattered to me. Um, so I'd show them a banking thing that had something to do with in theme, something that mattered to me. They would donate for said cause. I would get them to show them me donating said money because there are scammers out there. I want you to see every step of it. Um, and that was, that was meaningful for me. You know, it was one of those things I was lacking when I was in news and I thought I was doing something meaningful and I started being able to apply that. Um, but the big cookie thing came after I lost my job. Um, I had moved out of marketing and actually got a marketing director position for a nonprofit, a really big one that's international. And it was a shocking step up for me. I was very excited. Um, however, I, I told them I was pregnant and three days later they fired me Hmm. and I was panicking. We had just bought our first house. Um, we were still recovering financially from my husband being out of a job and just the general, you know, pandemic. And, um, I didn't really know what to do um, because I had at that point maybe 200,000 followers. But if you're looking at that as like the capability of like, these are 200,000 people that I can turn into customers or I can help, you know, not, <laughs> not lose my house. How can I possibly do that when I bake things? I can't bake something for somebody in Ottawa. Like I can't do that. Um, so that's where I started kind of workshopping the giant cookie idea and it took off. And before I knew it, there was no time for anything else. There was Mm. no, what I was known for in Memphis, I couldn't do anything for those people. Um, I had to completely stop everything else and just take off with that. Because I think the combination of watching someone be very vulnerable with things a lot of people keep private, money struggles, um, getting fired from a job. Um, I'm not someone, I think, and it helped me a lot. It's not that I'm a bigger person or I'm braver. I'm very difficult to embarrass. I'm very difficult to get to care so much about things, quite frankly, that um, it was just easier for me. I'd talk about any of it. And Mm -hmm. I think they liked that not only like what felt like the beginning of something, they felt like this could really turn into something. Even when I didn't, they're like, this could be a really big thing for you. You could be the next Mrs. Field. You just keep going and keep selling out. And I mean, there are a thousand other ways that it took off from there, but at the end of it, yeah, this is where it landed us. And I, I took it. <laughs> that is so cool. The, uh, I think like, it's fun, like listening to your story. And uh, again, from what I've seen online, you are a fantastic storyteller. And it's fun, like if you look back at your life, kind of seeing how things lead up to each other. So between your your marketing experience and then your news experience, mm-hmm. number one, you're very good at telling stories. Number two, you're very good at telling your story. And you, I think maybe whether uh, internally or if this was a thought or you just kind of fell onto it, because you have those two things, you're very good at telling your story. And again, TikTok isn't just about, uh, I like the way this looks, but it's like, you want to be kind of taken away into a story. And so your, your natural abilities that you've built up over your lifetime have led you to not only being able to bake really cool stuff, but you're able to tell your story and share it in a way that people want to get involved to the point that some random dude in Florida is like, Hey, please be on my uh, podcast because you're (laughs) awesome. And so you're here now and I'm so excited for you uh, and all that stuff. And I know that it was, it's been bumpy and up and down and all that in the middle, but uh, I, it's cool just to see how far you've come and the things that you've done and created. And, 
uh, people like me get to benefit from it. So thank yeah. you for doing all those things. <laughs> no, so. I just, I think it's also on the flip side of it. I think it's one of those things that keeps me from, um, I was, I was a speaker recently for a big like baking conference thing. And, um, I really didn't lean into my speaking time to tell them, you know, these are the three tips to succeed. Cause I don't have that. The, the truth at the bottom of it all, when I get DMS, when I get emails and when I get, Instagram, you know, messages, all those things where people are asking me just like, Hey, how did you start what you started? Can you tell me how to build that for myself? And the unfortunate thing that I feel at the end of the day is I can't really, it's not that I'm hiding this like secret recipe or like I'm hiding mine. Those are, those belong to me, (laughs) but I'm not hiding this like secret strategy. And I'm not somebody who's going to be able to sit down and write a book. That's like beginning to end. Here's how you have my trajectory. I owe a lot of happenstance, a lot of survival, a lot of luck, a lot of virality, which you don't get to take credit for. You know, mm-hmm. there are plenty of people I see online telling just as good stories and they're not getting any attention for it. I owe a lot of it to luck. I owe a lot of it to perseverance, but there's so much of it that's just like, I can't, I wish I could tell you that I can help you, you know, do what I'm doing exactly and replicate it all. But there's all those things combined. Well, I'm happy that it's worked out for you because we got to meet and that honestly, that's my favorite part of this whole thing is just meeting fun and cool people like yourself. Um, so yeah, again, this is so much fun for me. So thank you for being here. Yeah. All right. So, um, on the podcast, we do things in a couple rounds. Um, Mm -hmm. I call the first round, the first date round because, uh, you've been on a first date before and, uh, (laughs) every now and again on TikTok, I'll see a video of some uh, lady. She'll be like, uh, I've been in a stable relationship for six years and now I'm back to what's your favorite color. And so <laughs> for all you guys out there, never again. Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, let's not start with that. Okay. So, uh, but just for funsies, what's your favorite color? Um, Rainbow? It is, it's pretty much lilac. Ooh, I la la. Well, I built the whole brand around that color. So if you walk in, you're not going to be able to hit a wall that isn't essentially some <laughs> form of lavender or lilac. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. So that wasn't one of the real questions, but, uh, but now here we are. So, okay. But so you want to get some questions that like you get some leading information, not Mm -hmm. yes and no questions, not just lilac, but all right, Mm -hmm. this is a fun one to get us started off. Uh, you work in the food industry. And so what is a food that you could eat your body weight in at any given point? (laughs) Easy. Panera Asiago cheese bagel. Toast it. Okay. Um, it's funny. This is a, we're filming this on a Tuesday. Panera is like three doors away from me. Okay. We're not, okay. we don't butt heads, nothing. I love them. Mm. I, I might as well own shares in them right now. But every mm. Tuesday you can do like buy a ton of bagels for like a really low price. And they were out <laughs> of them today. So no, I'm not happy about that. Wow. Not okay. Happy. Well, I was going to tell you, and this actually is great happenstance. Uh, Panera is actually our sponsor today. Would you quit, do a quick plug for Panera? You're kidding me. Are you? I are absolutely am kidding you. But yeah, let's just go ahead and. <laughs> Let's see if we can get them to to pay for this ad here. So here we go. Chloe Sexton, uh, Panera Bread, three, two, one. I dream of Asiago. <laughs> Is that good, right? That was fantastic. I, no one's going to have nightmares after that. That was great. <laughs> I'm, I'm not your night a- paralysis Asiago <laughs> bagel demon. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um wow okay um <laughs> is, is there any toppings on it is it a, a cream cheese situation what are you you're toasted going straight cream cheese but like okay. a cream cheese that makes my husband from the other side of the room go <laughs> like that is, much is that a good noise or a bad no noise? it's not good that's a mm, okay how are you feeling an hour from now noise it's like Oof. i really don't care i'm living for the moment yeah 
uh, we, my wife and I, we went to New York. It's been a couple months ago. And I, I genuinely do think I ate my body weight in breakfast bagels. Like mm-hmm. give me some eggs and cheese and bacon or sausage. That is heaven for me. So oh, yeah, straight up, I'm, I'm not actually a sweets person. I don't like mm. dessert. I don't, I taste test all my product and I know what sure. makes it good, but mm-hmm. I'm savory all the way. Okay. Anything yeah. else that, that really just like, you're like outside of the Asiago bagel, you want to, oh yeah, wanna... uh, a corn cookie, Christina Tosi. Oh yeah. Christina Tosi. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny enough. I keep all of my favorite cookbooks right next to me on my desk. Uh-huh. Christina Tosi of milk. She has a corn cookie. It's so, so good. I think I've actually had that. So like, <gasps> again, my, uh, number one, uh, in New York, we stopped by a milk and we grabbed one. Uh, I had a bite of it. My wife ate. The rest of it, uh, this was her her thing. So yep. uh, a while back, my wife and uh, one of her, our, our best friends, started a, a macaron business. And so oh. they were making uh, French macarons. And it was great. And it was really funny listening to you talking about like uh, your husband making you learn the business side of it. Because oh, yeah. like, and honestly, I feel this with a bunch of creators that I've talked to. It's like, they're like, I just want to make my cookies and I don't want to have to think about the taxes <laughs> or my gross domestic product or I don't know I, business terms are, uh, I make videos. so I make, well, podcasts, that's too so. bad. Yeah. You got yeah. taxes. It's too bad. <laughs> you yeah, got to do the taxes. No. So, and you got to figure out how much bad. each cookie costs to make. It's just ridiculous. So, um, good on you. Hopefully you've got just teams and teams of people lining up to take care of your taxes. And she, her eye is twitching right now, folks. Oh, but I, I, I think she, I think she fell asleep. So I don't fun. know. But they're the same kind of people who also want to be like, Hey, you should do more lives. You'll make more money. It would be great. And I'm like, oh, God, no pressure. It's wonderful. All right. So actually, this kind of leads us into this uh, this next question here. Uh, if you could like Harry Potter magic wand your way out of one mundane task for the rest of your life, what is the one mundane task that you're just going to like magic away? Emails. Emails? Okay. I never want to touch another email in my life. Mm. I don't care if somebody wants to sit down and read them to me. And I can recite to them what I want to say back. The physical tickety-tackety, I can't stand it. It's a cheese grater on my brain, and I don't want to do it again. I'm just throwing this out there. Is this like an open job invitation? Would you like me to... It is you could like, dictate your emails to me. Absolutely. And yeah. at the same time, you'll have to sign an NDA and get paid in cookies. But Can't tell wait. me that isn't a great job opportunity. I'm here for it. So my brain <laughs> immediately goes to me wearing like 1770s, like founding fathers, like pantaloons, the powdered Quill. wig, the whole nine. Quill, the whole nine. Yeah. And uh, I just, I write what you dictate to me. I, disclaimer, number one, I'm a very horrible speller. Number two, I'm dyslexic. So this might not go well for anyone. It's but not a good start. It's not, no. I'll be honest, not a strong start. I've but at this point, I've I'm got, so desperate. <laughs> I've got a good attitude and I'm a nice guy to be around. Every few days, I'm getting text messages from my husband that are like, just so you know, the starred emails that only you can answer are sitting at 73. Um, no pressure. Need that done in 24 hours. And I'm like, I hate this so much. That's not too bad. You're not in triple digits. So. Oh, <gasps> not yet. Okay, They're just grown. from this is a, a side thing. So um, if you had to check your email right now, how many unread emails in total do you think you have? And does that not drive you insane? Is that personal or business? Uh, let's go yes and. Okay, personal is probably sitting in the like seven to eight hundreds last I saw. 
Oof. And then, and then, um, business is not my business. <laughs> I like to say <laughs> because my husband keeps it at a low number, so not my business. Good on him. Good job, mm-hmm. husband. The <laughs> I'm one of those that like if there's any red dot on my phone, my skin is crawling. I cannot stand it. Oh, my phone would kill you. And this it is would. a running joke. Please don't um, show my, me your phone screen right now. My my missed calls are sitting in the 359. No. I'm sitting on six unread, and that's the lowest I've had all week. I was sitting at like 27 unread not too long ago, 40 Congratulations. something. Uh, <sighs> no. Life is fleeting. Not going to answer wife that text. is a digital assistant for um, some high-end uh, consulting people, and <sighs> she, she told me uh, the other day what one of her partner's emails was at, and it was in like the tens of thousands of unread emails. And I, I just wanted to vomit in that moment. That mm-hmm. sounds, that sounds mm-hmm. horrible to me. And even yeah. like if the, if you're a company and you send me more than one email a week, I'm, I'm unsubscribing immediately. I don't even care if it's important. Uh, I used to be, and you know, cause corporate girly, I used to be exactly the same way. Mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm, think mm-hmm. I just got to a point of so much anxiety. It went on for so long. I actually found that beautiful place where like, if you reach so much anxiety to the point you'll crack, you do. And then you just break yourself and you don't care anymore. I did that. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good life lessons for everybody. Just get to that point where you crack and then it doesn't matter anymore. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, just do crack. Oh, yeah. no, this is taking another turn. Okay, well, this is actually uh, another sponsor of today's episode is Crack. Crack. You want to go ahead and do that one, too? Asiago bagels are your crack. Let's just yeah. leave it at that. We do not oh, promote yeah. drug use on this podcast, Chloe. Just Asiago. Just Asiago bagels. bagels. Yeah, that's great. 100%. All right, so that was the first date round. Uh, do you remember your first date with your husband? Was that a, a good experience? or? That was, uh, yeah, that was an interesting date. <laughs> Interesting date, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> We're gonna tell that story if you want to. We got time. Okay, I can make We're here a PG. for it. Yeah, I can make a PG. So, Ruh-roh. um, once upon a time, once upon her, I put an ER <laughs> on it. Once upon her time, um, Chloe was on uh, Tinder, and there was a man who, mind you, he had a beard. And I'm really sorry, so sorry. Really hated beards, mind you. My husband currently has a beard. But when we met in person, he did not. It all goes flip-flop from there. Anywho. Um, yeah. So his entire bio was literally just insert cheesy bio. And I was both very young, but also vapid and not looking for anything serious. And I went, perfect. Aloof. Nonchalant. Mama Also likes. looks like he might have a kid after I stalked him because, again, I worked in news, okay? I knew every speeding ticket he had when he was 16 in Arlington, Tennessee, by the way, before I met the man, okay? I knew everything. So, he has a kid. Time out. Should I be scared of you right now? Like, are oh, you no. are you going to swap me or anything? Okay, just making sure. No, I don't even good. think I have those skills anymore. I still Google, like, how much milk to put in my coffee. <laughs> like, it doesn't work for me anymore. <laughs> Brain no work. Um... No. So I was like, perfect. This is the perfect recipe for him not to take this seriously because uh-huh. I'm not doing the whole like, ah, uh, getting married, having kids, settling down. I have a future <laughs> in TV. And that really requires that, you know, you take three to four year contracts and bounce around the United States your entire life. So mm. that was never going to happen. Um, and I met him 
And the entire reason was that there's a, there's a like gala event that happens every year. It's the Memphis Restaurant Association like banquet. And they were having it at Graceland. Ooh. And yeah, so they changed up venue and everything. And I knew enough about this event that like at the time I was producing a political talk show. And the thing that makes a political talk show perfect is lots of very passionate people with very opposite opinions. And I knew many of them were going to be there. And they knew me. I you know, force them into shows enough times, I was like, I can go rub elbows and he will provide free food. This would be perfect for me. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> over messaging, I tell him, I'm like, hey, um, I, I'd love to just like leave my car at your house and we could drive together. And he's like, so you like you want my address? But we've never met before. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. He's like, what if I'm an axe murderer? And I was like, well, if you were, you wouldn't be saying that right now, would you? Stupid. And so I show up to this man's house, knock on the door, he opens the door, and I was like, hi. And I walked into his house because if there was anything suspicious, I was going to suss it out. So I just walked around going like, it's a really clean house. That's weird. <laughs> You're a guy. Like, this is a man living alone who has a kid at least half the time. He had a very clean house. Should have been a red flag. I'm a very, <laughs> very messy person. Like, I'm raccoon car, like, very messy collection of cups on my desk kind of person. Um, so he's like, obviously a little stunned. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I've had a good look. Let's go. And, uh, so sure enough, I look in his back seat right before we leave car seat. I'm like, knew it. I'm sorry. <laughs> this will go nowhere. Unfortunately, um, it was a fantastic night where I think he spent the majority of the time making that face. <laughs> <laughs> um, I ditched him a lot of the date. Again, it was this high function where there are a lot of people that I needed to rub elbows with. And I'm like, hi, Representative Christine, let's talk. We haven't seen you on informed sources in a minute. And a lot of these people would also give me the same faces where it's like, how did she find me? <laughs> and, uh, but no, I, I did a lot of great things. Um, there was a moment in the bathroom where I had worn a, uh, strapless dress like and um, while in the bathroom, I was trying to adjust it. And I turned to a girl and asked her, does this look lopsided? Do I look good? Because I had to shove a sock in this one. And she's just like, it's fine. Like not giving very much <laughs> girls girl in the bathroom energy. You know, mm -hmm. if you know anything mm -hmm. about girl culture, you can do that. This girl was giving very much like, okay. I was like, that was weird. Went on to find out she was someone who worked for my husband and Ooh. was very much obsessed with him and not oh, no. happy to see me there at all. And I'm like, I knew it wasn't my fault. I wasn't being weird. It's fine. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I got the ring. So um, by the end of that date, we uh, they had this big giant setup where it's this uh, it's well known in Memphis. And it's like this little um, what do you call those silver vans van life people are obsessed with? Oh, a Sprinter van. Something like that. Yeah. It's like teeny yeah. tiny metal van. And inside it's filled with all these little lights. It's really well known. It's called America. It's the America van. And it's a photo booth. So they had it set up there and we took a picture in it. And, you know, I didn't think very much of it. Um, so that was February of 2018. Um, and after that first date, I also, before we left, I stole a bottle of wine from Graceland. And... <laughs> I was like, we have to run, ran to his car as fast as possible. And then also made the first move. So there was a bit, you know, she was wild. <laughs> she was wild. And that was Chloe at a time. But, um, you know, so that was February, 2018, December, like 
two days before Christmas 2018, he got them to set up that exact same, you know, little sprinter van and pretended like we were going out to dinner and poured sweat profusely until getting me in there so they could snapshot a bunch of pictures while he proposed. So it's pretty sweet. He sounds like a good guy. Good job. And uh, it sounds like a very patient person, too. You're just out there. <laughs> His life. Listen, I'll tell you what. If he hadn't married somebody with that kind of. um, oof, I don't know what to call Pizzazz. it. Spunk. 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 Um, he wouldn't have the life he has now. Tell you what. Absolutely would not. And <laughs> we're all better for chance. it. All right. So that was the first date round. Um, uh sounds like you're pretty good at first dates. And so uh, you did great on this one. Very proud of you. Uh, and that was so much fun. But so uh, we're <laughs> going to move on to the next round of questions. I call yeah. it the slow round. These are questions that are a little bit less Asiago bagel and a little more about to the heart of who you are. So um, if you were uh, Shrek and an onion, mm. it'd be a few layers down in okay. the old onion there. Sound good? <laughs> Am I allowed to sip my Red Bull? Absolutely, you are. I drink um, like three of these a day. I'm so sorry. Um, this actually is sponsored by Red Bull. I swear to God, if you do that again, the way that I actually <laughs> went like, really? Oh God, help her. Listen, I'm just, uh, like the Valley girl say, I'm putting it out in the universe, you know? So, right. Something As like you that. should. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, you have, uh, in the last five years, you've lived a couple lifetimes, um, from the story of, uh, from your stories that I've heard online and, uh, just the stories you've told in the last five minutes, you've, you've lived a full life. So in the last five years, so let's say you could teleport yourself back five years and give yourself one piece of advice, or you could tell yourself one thing, or if you could change one thing about five years ago, what's something that you would do to five years ago, Chloe? So we're rocking 2018, Chloe, what would you tell her? What would you, you say to just help you keep going in 2018? I think... I'd probably tell her, um, all the worst things that you're ever afraid of happening, they're going to happen literally every single one of them. Um, but it's still, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I was, you know, if you'd like me to expound on that, um, I was extremely anxiety filled person, you know, and I did everything I could to not be filled with anxiety. I did the mindfulness. I did the the apps. I ran three miles a day and that's not going to happen again. I ran three miles a day. I did the, the baking. I focused on my career. I medicated for anxiety. I did all of that, but I still could never shake that anxiety. Um, on the flip side of just accepting, you know, wow, it really can keep getting worse and worse and worse. And at the same time, weirdly better, there's a lot of freedom and just accepting that like, what if you just woke up every day and went, I could lose all of this tomorrow and you act like it instead. Mm. And doing that has definitely benefited me hugely. Yeah. Um, the next question, and like, I think this is all just gonna be one big conversation is uh, again, like a big part of your story is the loss of your mom a few years ago. And at the same time, it seems like, and I could be miles from the truth, but uh, from everything that I can see about you, it still feels like you live a life of joy. And so like, there's something that I, uh, on the podcast, honestly, I don't dive into the grief side of things too much because 
I I would much rather just talk about <laughs> sunshine and rainbows and Most all that would. stuff. Yeah, but uh, you've lived a life that's you've had some extremes on both ends, and so you. But even in all that, you still seem to have joy. Is that a fair assessment? Yes and no. Um, yeah. Funny enough, my maiden name was Joy. Um, my mm. mother's name was Jennifer Joy. Um, but you know, I don't talk a lot about like my actual name or real world or anything online. So a lot of people don't know that. Um, no, I think what's fair to say is that that's what I put out into the world and I work mm. really hard to do that. Um, it is exhausting. Yeah. It is really exhausting. But mm. at the end of the day, um, there are parts of me that I'm willing to put on the internet to be on the internet forever. And there are parts of me I'm not. And mm. The bereavement therapy, the grief therapy, the resulting depression, the anxiety about the effect that my own grief will have on my sister because little kids just grieve differently. You know, they're only left with the happy stuff because they never got old enough to be that harmed or that angry. Um, that is coming. The anxiety about, you know, being someone that she eventually resents because I never got to actually be her sister and I had to be an authoritarian and trying to balance being a good parent with also being the only sister she'll ever have, you know, desperately, desperately trying to balance those roles and give her everything. Um, but of course, having to prioritize being her parent and be a disciplinarian. Um, those are all things that I don't dwell on a lot anymore on the internet. And that's really just because I, I don't want to be seen that way. And I don't want to be remembered that way. I don't want to be remembered for all the things that were the hardest for me. And I recognized in myself, I still share plenty about my grief, but not as frequently anymore. Um, when it was consuming my life, I made sure that was known online because I also was just getting really, really sick of people expecting that I could do both. That one day I could make a happy go fun cookie video. And the next I was holding my dying mom. And like, that's not okay. That's not okay to expect of anybody. And, um, I do, I, I hold a lot of things privately, um, especially when it comes to grief these days. Um, but if there's anything that that entire experience, losing my mom, losing my job, you know, trying to reinvent myself amidst a pandemic, all of that, um, I really just learned not to care. <laughs> don't care. I finally came to a place where it's like, it's not something that you say when you're 22 years old. This isn't a version of me that's 22 years old and just going like, I really don't care what anybody thinks of me. I'm going to be quirky. Um, no, this is genuinely, if I waste one more minute of somebody on the internet telling me that it's so embarrassing that they've seen me cry as many times as they have on the internet, like I'm supposed to feel something about that. There's nothing left for me to feel. Anything you can imagine that somebody has said about me, I'll probably say it again. The fact that I know having lived a life of vulnerability, that there's so much judgment that comes with that. Yeah, there are going to be some things I keep to myself, but also I can't care anymore. I really can't. So there's freedom in all of that grief and all of it um, being as vulnerable as I have been. Um, the grief thing, I can't say, and I don't like saying it online very much. Uh, it doesn't get better. It doesn't get better. It's not getting better for me. I feel exactly the same now as I did the day she died. That hasn't gone better for me. 
Um, I'm trying to grow around that and put more of myself being joyful out there because I'm very conscious of the footprint that Charlotte is going to be left with. She's approaching an age where I will have to let her have TikTok and I'm holding very tightly on her, not even owning a phone, not having access to the internet, like holding so tightly onto that for as long as I can. But I have to at least pick up my job on social media and only put the joy out there so that number one, I'm not only remembered for the worst thing that ever happened to me, but also so that my kids see these years that I had good things going on. And I worked hard to put that out there and not just give up and dwell. So mostly it's for them. Mostly it's also for the the way I want to be seen and the way I want to be remembered. Um, I want to be seen as a joyful person. I do not necessarily feel like one all the time. Yeah. I don't think that anyone could ever say that, uh, that anybody <laughs> is joyful all the time. Sans Mr. Rogers. But right. outside of that, maybe Steve Irwin. But outside of outside of those two, it's it's a pretty tough sell that there yeah. is life is complicated. Even the dumb joke about the slow round of it, us being layers. There's layers to you, and there's layers that again, I get the internet probably will never see, and the internet probably shouldn't see the your life, the complex the complexity and the totality of your life isn't for the whole world. Uh, and thank goodness you have a, from what it sounds like, a supportive and loving husband who yeah. is with you and uh, walking with you through all this stuff. And you have uh, a family that you've built together and that you found uh, through all this process that is is there. And the thing that even just like listening to you talk about it is it would be so easy to just completely get stuck in the middle of the grief and never uh, never even try to just, it's easy to just sit and wallow in that, but it seems yeah. like you've, you're doing the work and you've done the work that it's, it's not what defines you, but you are, you're moving ahead. And even in the middle of that, creating joy, not only uh, for your daughter, or you, you're a, you and your husband, you have a little Little boy. Boy or girl. Little boy. I was wrong. Yeah. Uh, so, so we have my my bonus son, Mason, mm-hmm. who's eight. Uh, sorry, nine. They're both nine. Uh, my sister, who's nine. They're a month mm-hmm. apart. And which gets you a lot of funny looks when they go to the exact same school <laughs> and they're in separate classes, but they're yeah. from the same family and they're the same age, but they're not siblings. I, I've let them at this point tell, hey, you can tell them whatever you want, man. <laughs> tell them I found you in a park. <laughs> tell them I don't care. Um, but you don't have to tell them your personal business. I want them to be very, very clear on that because that's my job. (laughs) Mm -hmm. My job is telling people personal business that does not have to be yours. Um, and then Theodore who is two and terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I've got a, uh, eight and a five-year-old. And so we're past the, uh, the twos and, uh, I feel you. And, uh, yeah, the eye twitch, I get it. I'm so, so scared. <laughs> He's always screaming. I'm, I don't know what to do. He's <laughs> always upset. Listen, I'm going to throw this out there. That one does get better, so <laughs> you God. know it. So, thank God. And that that he's he's that. What do you call it? Bookend. He's a bookend. There end. you go. I'm good. We're good. That's all. <laughs> that is game over. Um, yeah, and. Thank you for being honest and uh, as vulnerable as you can be on a podcast with a guy you just met. So, 
All right. There's one question we ask everybody on the podcast and you're on it. So, and it can be as uh, big as you are learning astrophysics and uh, the mysteries of the cosmos. And it could be as small as uh, you've learned a new flavor of cookie that you think could be cool. But what's something you're learning right now? Oof, something I'm learning right now is um, math with my kids. <laughs> I don't know if you knew this, but uh, they change how you do math and science like every single year, <laughs> like every single year. They change <laughs> a lot. So I'm yeah. learning with my kids. Uh, fun facts about me is in the little hiccup between living in Memphis and living in um, Florida, like we talked about the thing from Florida, I lived in a commune for Ooh. seven years. And okay. so we did not do traditional schooling. So when I say there I'm literally go. learning from my kids, I do mean that. Now, I did score a 32 on my ACT. I learned how to standardize tests. I learned how to pass tests and all of that. But that doesn't mean you still remember how to do algebra. Or how about yeah. the fact I never took calculus? And does it apply to my job? No, but I'm really good at learning and I'm really good at test passing. So quite genuinely, if I see them learning things, you know, they're learning things about uh, Native American culture, which we did not speak about in the village whatsoever. Um, I'm learning that with them. And so I like to get really involved in their schoolwork and just be like, so uh, what are you guys learning this week? And was it maybe a <laughs> chapter that they cut out of our curriculums? <laughs> <laughs> I what like do that. you mean that Archduke Ferdinand didn't want to be assassinated? That's weird. So, <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> World War II started because of what? Or World War I started because of what? <laughs> Moving yeah. on. Uh, that's fun. Yeah, math yeah. is math is hard. Um, and my son is in the second, third grade. Mm. He's in one of those grades, third. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, even that number is hard. And yeah. Uh, sometimes I'm like, all right, let me see your homework, bud. And like, I'm like wiping the sweat off my brow because I'm still good. I think yeah. we've got third grade, maybe fourth grade. And then it's going to be, Hey, go ask your mom. This is going to no, God yeah. bless us all. After a certain point, it's, I, I wish I could help you. And I really can't <laughs> love yeah. you, bud. No, no, nope, not me. It's not great. All right. So, uh, we are at the final round of the podcast here. It's called, I call it the common ground round. It's where maybe you and I can see if maybe we're like each other. So you've got your uh, your pen and your assortments of papers. We're after a great start. Look crushing us. it. Look at us. Sharpie. Sharpies. Sharpies. Uh, you know what? The podcast is actually sponsored by Sharpie today. I'm so over <laughs> this. You embarrass me one more time. Listen, <laughs> Chloe will never ever. Chloe will never talk to me again. And uh, we have it all on <laughs> video here. So whew, what an emotional roller coaster. Okay, so. Uh, you haven't seen these questions. I am going to ask you this or that's all questions. We'll reveal okay. them at the same time. All right. Okay. When it comes to anything, are you going chocolate or vanilla? Write it down now. I'm ready when you're here. We go three, two, one. I put vanilla. What do you got? I put chocolate. Ew. Chocolate. Ooh. What are you hating on vanilla for? Vanilla is the flavor of like bread. And it is clean the air. OG flavor. <laughs> Delicious. It is Caucasian. It's what it is. <laughs> Look at your boy. Your boy is almost see-through. I can be no less white. So I'm sorry. I took one of those 23 Me tests, and the entire thing was blue. By the way. Oh, congratulations! No cap. The entire <laughs> the entire thing just one color. No fun little sprinkle. Nobody beats was, my Caucasity. What was the one color? The uh, one color was, was like what is that portion of Europe that's like Norway and stuff? Oh, okay. Just Caucasian. Good on you. Oh, so, yeah, for me. My grandmother uh, 
told us in like swarping down that we were one sixteenth Native American. And so I hold to that. I don't know if it's true or not, but one sixteenth of me is one hundred percent Native American. So uh maybe I'm not as Caucasian there as we all thought. Just okay. Sprinkle. Just yeah. sprinkle. Um so yeah, chocolate, is that that's just uh your go-to? I only gave you two options, but what is your go-to? It's like far as like let's go cake flavor. Like if I'm gonna do chocolate, it's gonna be like a chocolate with either a much lighter chocolate or very light on the caramel buttercream because chocolate's just it's really complex. Chocolate is good spicy, chocolate is good mm. caramel, chocolate is good with savory things. So that's why it's because of the complexity. So, well, there you have it. You fancy word of the we day. get it, okay? You're all blue and you're fancy. We got it. <laughs> Um, uh, but okay. So like outside of that, if it wasn't just vanilla and chocolate and you got to pick a cake flavor, what are you picking? <sighs> pistachio. Ooh. Okay. I love pistachio. Yeah. All I right. really pistachio do. Pistachio and lilac. Good to know. Mm -hmm. We are learning things. We yep. are figuring this out. All right. Moving on. Uh, if you are out on a drive, are you going on the highway? Or are you going back roads? Mm. You got my great handwriting on this one. Ready We're to go. writing it because it was scribbly. Oh, mine's okay. scribbly too. It's okay. Here we go. Three, two, I went highway. You got highway. highway. Look at I her. have places to be. I'm yeah, a you busy do. woman. Look at your emails. You got things to do. You got people to talk to. <laughs> and you I got ain't me talking to trans to none of them. <laughs> Boo. Ooh la la. Yeah, no, we are. Uh, yeah, I need to get up there and start transcribing pronto, apparently. Um, but I instead am annoying you by telling you fake ads about things. So. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. Every now and again, a good back roads is fun, but you know, I got, I gotta, I gotta get there. So yeah, nope. Got place to be. All right. Moving on. Would you rather be in a roller derby or a figure skater? I'm going to preface this with number one. I can't figure out. All right, here we go. Uh, I can't skate at all, but oh. this is just dream world. I, well, you can talk about it a second. Here we go. I went figure skater. What did you put? Roller, roller derby. derby. I'm sorry. Do you know in roller derby, you get to throw elbows? They're cracking yes. skulls out there. Okay. Just I, amateurs. I already was very scared of you. And I that is heightened tenfold now. So I've heard that a lot. Yeah. What was that movie that came out? It's been 10 years ago. Roller derby movie every had no exactly what you're talking about is about roller derby girl yeah it was we uh mm -hmm. we have a roller derby team here in memphis that mm -hmm. i uh i donate a lot to them i'm part of their fundraisers <laughs> i love them so much i've never been a part of it because i don't have the time but every time i think i'm getting close i tell my husband and he's like no no please don't do that mm -mm -mm. i'm close uh if i can stand up on skates without falling over for any period of time that is a win I can't imagine people angry at me trying to hurt me while I'm just trying to stand up. So I'm going to go ahead and just wish that I was good at figure skating. See, I, I know it's not manly. But. I have a dangerous lack of self-preservation at this point <laughs> that I look at everything as though obviously I'm going to be naturally very good at that. You, you've got the I can do this, Gene. That's great. Uh, all right. When it comes to precipitation, would you rather rain or snow? I know what I'm writing right I now, especially. Here we go. Here we go. Three, two, I went snow. You went <laughs> rain. What is going on? That's because you're still living in Florida, okay? You have Absolutely. lived in this. I did the Florida thing, and I dreamed of snow, and then I mm -hmm. lived it. <laughs> um, 
here's my deal. I, uh, we talked about it being hot earlier. Mm. My dumb joke is I can always put more clothes on. I can't take them off. People will start getting, uh, they start getting weird I could get after a couple layers. Yeah. Not again. Not after the last one, but no, the, yeah, it just rains here all the time. So you'd rather uh, a little rain action. It also rains here. So we're in that sweet spot, sweet spot of the Delta that is constantly raining. So we're known for mm. mud, all of our music festivals full of mud raining so many times a year, we get our yards cut more than like almost any other city in a tri-state area, just because of the amount of rain in the Delta. And um, it doesn't bother me. I'm like, oh no, I can't go outside. I never liked it there anyways. It's a fact. <laughs> Again, crazy Caucasian, proud of you. <laughs> never liked it. Can't get sunburned if you're inside. All right, last one, uh, <clears throat> leisurely activity. Would you rather uh, go mini golfing or bowling? Mini golf or bowling? Here we go. Three, two, one. I went bowling. What you got? Bowling. She went bowling. I went and she wrote it on a Christmas on card a Christmas envelope. Card. I don't even know these people. And <laughs> again, because it's indoors. Uh, all day. Yeah. yeah. The, it's number one, it's way too hot outside, or in your situation, it's raining outside potentially. Yeah. And uh, are you actually any good at bowling or is it just a, uh, a preference situation? So my husband would argue that that doesn't mean you're good at bowling because I'm actually, we used to bowl all the time as a kid in rural Tennessee where you're not allowed mm. to actually hang out with other kids. Um, yeah. But it's all in throwing it in ridiculous ways and you can strike them all out every time. As long as you're not following that like smooth, you know, mm. figure skater mm -hmm. type moves when you're doing it. If you're just launching it over your shoulder, like a <laughs> like a rock, like a Neanderthal with a rock, then you could actually be very good at it. Just don't follow the rules. So you uh, you're more of a shot put style yes. girl. Is that what I'm picking yes. up? Okay, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, um, it works every time. I am just horrible at both, and so that was the lesser of two evils in my brain. You get to wear <laughs> cool shoes, and uh, and it's, it's inside. It's inside. Yeah. Yep. Love it. So get you some popcorn and or a pizza slice of pizza that's a great yeah. day love so. it all right so uh, again there's people that may like maybe this is the first time that they've met you or they've ever heard from you and so if people want to uh, order some big old cookies or they want to uh, follow your stories and the things that you're doing how can people like get in touch with you or follow you not email you please people do please not email, email this me. woman please <laughs> uh no so we have our Two plus million follower TikTok, Chloe at Chloe Bluffcakes. Um, Bluffcakes is not my last name. It's Sexton. Thank you. Um, <laughs> as well as my Instagram, which is just at Bluffcakes. And that's it. That's it. I'm only committing yeah. to two. <laughs> You're not gonna not gonna tweet about your uh, your cookies. No, God. Or I have a personal your cookies? I have a personal threads because I don't like Twitter. But um yeah, I'm gonna keep that personal. Okay, good. <laughs> it's on definitely you. not I'm professional. <laughs> Everyone stay far away from threads. That's the yeah, general. A lot of complaining. Actually, uh, sorry. One last plug. Mm -hmm. uh, today's podcast brought to you by threads and uh, All right. <laughs> she's walking out. No, no, no. Actually, this is the perfect I time for you to walk out. <laughs> we are all done Love here. It. Chloe, thank you again. This was a blast for me and it's so, so nice to meet you and everyone uh, get online, order some, uh, some big old cookies. Yeah. They uh, genuinely, they look so good. I'm going to order so all much. of them. Soon enough, you won't actually have to order them because my cookbook, 
is going to be international, available everywhere, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Target, um, Big Yama comes out September 19th. Whoa, this is actually coming out right around that time. So Big get deal. online, order a cookbook and or a bake book. I don't know if there's a difference, but order a no, bake book. No, it's a cookbook. Okay, cookbook it is. Um, and yeah, uh, Chloe, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so, so much. And for everyone listening, join us again next week here on Maybe You're Like Me. See you later, guys.